gay. gay. Absolutely gay. 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 Taylor? Tay? What? Taylor? Taylor, what are you doing here? Taylor. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I'm Taylor. <laughs> and I like women. Hi, welcome to another episode of Funny You Should Gay That. Marcus is away today, but we do have a guest. Jess is here, and we're going to talk about gaylorism and all that that involves. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I think <laughs> I'm the one who um, voluntold you to do this, <laughs> and I've been scheming ever since. <laughs> like a mastermind? <laughs> exactly gathering information so that we can make this a very thorough stream of what is thread of episodes <laughs> so what so yeah this will probably be more than one episode we went to uh brunch lunch whatever before this and we there was a bit of a wait and we talked through the wait and all through <laughs> lunch about this probably three or four podcasts worth do you think they were actually closing or they wanted us to They're stop just like, talking stop, about it? Stop talking about Taylor. So <laughs> just to explain, Gaylorism is the, the theory that Taylor Swift is at least signaling that she's having some uh, same-sex feelings <laughs> and <Thoughts>. relationships throughout <laughs> her career and her life. Longing, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Memories. Well, a lot of that's that you're just talking about any. These are all sapphic things that exist in in the culture. And she's you mean just, in her lyrics? In her lyrics, in her life, in her date, in her dating history. Apparently, if you hold hands, it means that you're dating someone. Which I mean, that's just sealed the deal that gaylorism is real. Really happy to see that yesterday, and when everything's changing. But I think what we talked about, since there's so much to cover and yeah. everything happened. How, when and how did you become a gayler? Well, I, I was, uh, I'd gone through a breakup and I was moving and, and a, a new friend of mine that I'd met while he was helping me pack, he said, he, we were both Taylor Swift fans. This was abundantly clear very immediately as we both want, what, what music do you want to put on? Let's put on Taylor. And he said, are you familiar with gaylerism? I said, yeah, but it sounds like a very out there theory. I'm not really sure what. Like, so what was your view on Taylor? Wait, what year is this? And what was your view on her first? This was uh, last year. Okay. So I knew about it. I would kind of looked into the theories, but he put on a podcast. And at the beginning of the podcast, I was very open to it, but skeptical. And I thought, okay, I'll listen to this and then we'll move on with our lives. <laughs> Did you? No, <laughs> here we are. And so it just delved into some of the, these things in depth. It was a full-time Gaylor podcast, which who knows what this will become. It may, but There's so much to talk about. it went about on about Kaler. It went on about explain what that is. Kaler is, is the Taylor Swift dating Carly Kloss. Isn't that their ship name? It is the ship. It's like Swift Gron. Which was Swift Gron is, is Diana Agron and Taylor Swift. We'll get to that later. <laughs> which has been brought up very recently in in the pocket but it was a lot of the a lot of the things and the the lyric parallels and the life parallels and and kissgate that happened with her uh kissing carly Kloss at the 1975 concert which brings us to current day connections <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves what was it for you okay like the media has shown Taylor to be this like boy crazy woman. Yeah. So if you don't 
know Taylor Swift, you know that about her. Mm -hmm. And so the moment somebody, like I saw something that talked about Gaylor, or the moment I now talk people's ear off about Gaylor, the first thing I, like, the moment I mention it, it's skepticism. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? But then, then you go, you just try to peek at one thing. Yeah. And then you fall right down that rabbit hole. That's exactly what happened. And with that's me where too. we all are. Yeah. That's where we all are. I actually was um, writing a sketch. Like I was assigned, I was in a sketch class and we had to do a um, topical sketch. So we okay. said, something that happens in the news this week, you need to make a sketch about. That was the week that it was like that day. I looked at the news, Taylor and Joe Alwyn apparently broke up. And I'm like, that's it. I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And I had to be very careful about how I was going to, um, like, what I was going to write a sketch about because people are very particular. Swift Swifties are very particular about, are. and very protective of Taylor. Yeah. So I ended up trying to do something about. Are you, um, sorry, when you say Swifties, are you referring to all Taylor Swift fans or just the straight ones? Because online, sometimes Swifties has been refer, used to refer to the Hetlers. At that time, I um, at that time I was just I didn't know all of the nuances. Like that was a little over a month ago. Yeah. And the amount of things that I have learned and gone deep dive on is absolutely insane. So at the time, I was just thinking that Taylor Swift fans are very protective of her. Yeah. And I had seen some things about Gaylor here and there, but I was like, no, if they broke up, I know that there's going to be a resurgence of people being like, okay, now can she like live her queer life? Yeah. So I wrote a sketch about how, about these three former best friends whose, um, yeah, friendship was just destroyed because they were all picking sides except for one who wanted to be neutral. She just misses her friends, but just like this demise over it, over mm -hmm. is she queer or not? Mm -hmm. And and let us say, neither Jess or I know for sure, but do we know anything for sure about her life at all? She doesn't confirm or deny much. No, exactly. And so, and in my sketch, I didn't confirm, I didn't have a conclusion. Yeah. Because we don't have one. No. We might not have one. But after that, I just, I was like, you know, maybe I want to learn a little bit more about this theory. I'm yeah. just trying to get like the Cole's notes of like the main things, as you just mentioned, like Kissgate. Like that, I think, is what really, you know, raised my eyebrows to begin with. Is I was like, you can't make this footage up and it's not PR. And, and then. And then you, yeah. and then you end up in down a rabbit hole and you're in wonderland pretty much literally pretty much this girl's got a hole on us but it's it is absolutely fascinating yeah once you once you it's like once you find out a little bit you there's a there's a lot more and then there's something to be said about queer signaling whether she's queer or not there's definitely queer signaling there and she knows enough queer women to know yeah. that that is what is happening intentionally or not like there, what I like learned is that there's this huge misconception of like how queer people come out to each other. Yeah. Like I honestly think that people who are not like think that you're like, are you 
a fellow member of the LGBTQ <laughs> community. Yeah. Like you need that verbal confirmation before we can continue this conversation. And, and how like we don't even talk about it at all. That because that's not our culture. Look at historically how queer people have operated in society. And it's been in secrets, in back rooms, in back alleys, like no you joke. Know, quite literally, because it was not safe to go, hey, are you a gay? Like Are you one of us? It would be like, <laughs> I think he's lighting the loafers or Oh my god. You know. There's all these head nods or you ask a particular question a certain way. Yeah. Like, okay. In terms of people, like straight people, not getting it, there was this one night, yes, I'm actually not going to talk about Taylor for three seconds. Don't expect this to go on any longer than that. <laughs> a friend of mine set me and her friend up. Yeah. We we're in a large group of people. And so this girl is very fine. And her and I are flirting that I forget that there's a third person with us. Mm. <laughs> and she kept like then eventually her and i went off and oh my god the next time i saw her she she was like you know you were kind of being like rude you guys were kind of excluding me i'm like we went to hook up yeah i was like she's like oh <laughs> like she just didn't know she was like hey guys remember me i'm like go away like you're not you're literally not a part of this because we're having sex literally and it was like so like obvious to her and i but just oblivious but, but coming back to taylor do you think that that is a part of her narrative too because she was quite young as we all know when she became famous and a lot of the interactions she had were, were with people around her and then as she got more famous they were with famous people yeah so people in her band there's there's rumors about uh, you know a member of her band that's no longer there that she wrote songs about sus <laughs> that she had a crush on but you know there, so by the time she realized that this was also part of her experience she had a lot more to lose not necessarily in reality but in her mind mm -hmm. so she also started in country music which historically has not been yeah. friendly to queers so those all those factors playing in with the regular fears that queer people have once they realize they're queer, which is a, in those yeah. teenage years, a lot of the time, all played a factor into why she has not come out yet. I came out three times. Oh yeah. The first two, I just like took them back. So like oh, one really? person or something. And I was like, okay, now, like, cause it didn't go the way I, that I wanted it to. And then I just like, didn't want to tap into that. So I had this discussion with my friend, Amanda, um, on a previous episode. And do you think it's different for queer women? I know you only ha have the experience of being a queer woman, but for, for men, when they come out, it's like, okay, if you're coming out, you're coming out, but there's more room in, in our culture for queer women to be like, I'm queer. And for the male gaze to be like, we enjoy that too, even though it's not to impress them. But you know what I mean with all the, the lesbian porn is for straight men. And straight women. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Yeah. Another episode. We'll definitely talk about porn. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about it on this episode. It doesn't have to all be Taylor. Where you like a necklace. Was that from, was that line inspired? But I heard, uh, this may be wrong, incorrect, but like a lot of, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but a lot of queer women wa will watch like gay porn or straight. I watch porn. all of it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> You've watched I all I mean, porn? all the sexualities. 
I think that's important to uh, <laughs> specify. Not all porn in, the, in existence. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, it really depends. I like a good story. Yeah, so does Taylor. Um, <laughs> oh my god! What kind of porn do you think? She, no. Uh, so, what Taylor? She, she does this thing where she signals to her audience clues that are coming. Out. Well, this is it. She calls it Easter eggs. Yeah. And honestly, at this point, I don't like. Okay. At this point, I think it's gone too far that I think that she like walks down the street yeah. and they're like, she walked with her left foot first. She took six steps. <laughs> the album's coming. Yeah. Like, I, I agree that like, we don't know what's like, we don't know if her just everyday life is an Easter egg or anything she says in her concert. That's true. Yeah. But like her lyrics are intentionally like that her clothing is intentionally like that she she like, constructs her album and her album releases around around those things i saw an interview saying that she wanted like fans to have an experience yeah not just like listen to it but like you're it makes you listen more intentionally to the lyrics and there can be as we've said multiple interpretations yeah i th and i think uh I think now it's you're right it's gotten to the point of oversaturation where it's just people are looking for things and she's like i just i wanted to wear a, a yellow dress like to dinner you know well that could be different because <laughs> we will talk about pr what nonsense what the fuck. do you know about the five holes in the fence that was during that was during the lover launch and there was five holes in the fence and people went crazy with it she actually addressed it I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about like, what if you title this episode? Do you know about the five holes? <laughs> just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's. I'm it like, could, wait, what? It could be. Who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll Google it after because we're gonna have to have a lover episode because there's a lot of queer yeah. theory around that. But we need to do a little bit more research before we delve mm -hmm. into that one. Okay. So you, we were talking about Easter eggs, and so I think what we've been talking about signaling a bit, but for us. Some of her Easter eggs are like are queer signals that we have done for centuries and centuries. Yeah. And a lot of them not just like like so there's signals like that, and there's also lyrics that really um describe the closeted experience. Mm -hmm. And so like yeah, gay isn't what it started in like the the twenty tens. And has just continued to grow. Yeah, I think that it started. Who was who? Who was her first supposed love interest or girlfriend? It was Emily something from her band? The, there's even earlier things about MySpace and the girl that she talked about. Yeah, Kelsey, I love you. I love your boobs. Like <laughs> it's like what? Oh yeah. I mean, kids do say things like that, and and like I said, there's a lot more room for women to to be affectionate and sexual towards each other. And then it's like, oh, they're just playing around. It's like, no, they're lesbians. But um, there was, uh, her, her, you know, her song, um, uh, which is the one that like Drew looks at me. This the, from oh, her. teardrops on my guitar. Yeah, so the, the Drew was never in the original. I know. Song. I so know. did they add that? Why? Because it was written for someone else, apparently. They were writing it to give to... I, maybe it was Shania or Faith Hill. I'm not sure. Really? But that's the story. But is it because it was never about Drew? 
You know what I mean? Oh my god. This is it. We can who is this song about? Don't fucking know. Because and she doesn't confirm it's a marketing strategy, but it's yeah. also a a closeting strategy to, to it's not safe for her to come out. But uh, I actually saw a very interesting um theory. <laughs> the eighteen thousands I've reviewed this week. Yeah. About you need to calm down music video. Okay. Is that about her bisexual hair? That's just like in plain sight. <laughs> but they're like, you need to calm down. You're being too loud. Yeah. Somebody thought that like somebody on her team might have said that to her because this is like after Swift Gron and Kayla. And like, you maybe you're being too loud with your queerness. And, and so then, then she's just like, okay, I'll be even louder. But then, yeah, it all just, I don't even know. Taylor and everything is a mystery. So a, a brief, a briefing of, of what the the lover launch was like. It was it was supposedly supposed to be her coming out album, mm-hmm. which is why there's so many queer codes on there. It's fucking rainbow the thing, the the album itself. But um, it it did it didn't come to be because of the the her masters being sold and then COVID hit and. All those, all those things yeah. played into it. So, so, do you think that we are, that there is a coming outler in our horizon, with everything <sighs> that's going on, all the new news that's happening every goddamn day. Well, there was a lot of talk about that with with Midnight's, because of Lavender Haze being one of the songs. No, because of that, and all, and also because it was heard midnights and deepest darkest like regrets and things that were happening in or throughout her life but people couldn't reconcile that with her dating being in a almost six-year relationship at that time which we now know might have been over by the time the release came to be so now that he's out of the way everyone thought that this th- was the time this was the time here we go and now we have yeah what happened let's just briefly what fucking happened this month alone now well now we have a, a a little wrench in that that is unconfirmed because most things besides joe most things in relationships have gone unconfirmed with her so but, she's dating supposedly the lead singer of the band 1975 the 1975 which is where the concert where she kissed carly claus yeah so is she trying to deflect the news and get all the searches to be about 1975 and her to be about this man instead of this kiss. Girl, or is this legitimate? Girl, I just got to say that this is from the girls' gaze and days. Um, we will never forget. We will never forget. Kiss gate? I will literally like print off a photo and have it framed before you can get rid of this evidence. Just tweet us at that, and we will <laughs> send you a photo of that every single time. Yeah. It's... Just, just friends, just roommates. <laughs> <laughs> the best of friends. <laughs> They're not in love. Oh my goodness! But they stopped talking as well. For like all of the women that Taylor is rumored to have dated, there's abrupt endings. Yeah, and that sus yet again. Is that something that happens with friends typically, or that those that's lovers scorned, right? It's the uh, it's the amount of time they're spending together, and then the abrupt end. Like I remember again when I was not 
fully immersed in Taylorville. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, Swissmania, whatever it's called. Um, people are saying her best friend was Selena Gomez. She was, she was tapped so many more times with, like individually with Diana and Carly Claus. Yeah. But like Selena Gomez was her best friend. How do you have more? Yeah, I. Thirty-four times tapped with Carly Claus in a year. I counted. And like we've said uh, off the podcast, if Taylor doesn't want to be seen, she's not. You know, if she wants to be photographed, she, yeah. there are exceptions, obviously, and I know they get. But the shots that that make like there, you can tell where she's dressed to the nines, and she's getting photographed with these people when she wants to be. But it's also what you ju- what you said is like like I'm just tying this all in together that like sexuality for women yeah. is either more accepted or it's invisible. Yeah. And so in what it wasn't in Dear Reader where she said, I prefer hiding in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Just holding Carly's hand all the time. And even after they were legitimately caught kissing, mm-hmm. we, they just this was just brushed under the rug. Like she can But it was brushed under the rug basically right after the kiss yeah because that leak that made it out and i don't think that was intentional no. really no. but that made it out and then a, they, they weren't hanging out anymore it's like did her team say you're being too loud well at the next like event that you went with carly tree was there <laughs> oh really yeah that's where like they asked the question why she was at this shoot and she giggled and said I tell you, but my publicist will be mad at me. So, like, I just, you know, this, like, leads they me. They asked Carly or Taylor? They asked Taylor. Oh, okay. And the, it was, a, I think, a straight man who was doing the interview, and he's like, I don't know why she said that. I'm like, I do. Yeah. <laughs> but this, now that we're, we mentioned Tree, Tree Payne, this is her publicist. Belo- beloved publicist. Oh, is, my God. She does, she works hard. Like, to be a fucking fly in that like room mm-hmm. when they're like, you know, this is what they're saying about you. Or like, this is our like 10 year plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. But it's also like, because we don't know if something is an Easter egg anymore <laughs> or if it's, she just living. Cause she actually said that, um, it was the fans that brought to her attention that the fifth song, fifth track of all of her albums was the very raw, one and now it's one. the thing she has to do exactly so it's like chicken and the egg exactly like, are, are they just like doing she's just going about her life and then they see these theories like oh that's a good one this is what we're doing like like which one or is it a blend yeah or are they like taylor we can't take this anymore but do you know like in the during lover she that was when the the, the documentary came out and she was very politically active during that time mm-hmm. and since then basically non-existent the most like like i literally think not activism but the most overtly like gay thing she's done besides her lyrics is all of her opening acts yeah on this era's tour that she's on they're not exclusively but primarily queer women girl in red she had boy genius uh play like i know phoebe bridges is on the show but boy genius is a 
a, a band composed of all queer women, bisexual and, and lesbian Muna. identifying. Muna. There's uh there's there's more. Gracie Abrams is also queer. Is she? Okay. Mm -hmm. I wasn't I wasn't aware. Is he, is Gail? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but like maybe that was a prerequisite for being an opener. <laughs> yeah, but the, it seems like it. And even even outside outside, Haley Kyoko hangs out with her her Grammys party was almost exclusively yeah. queer women. Yeah, she cannot get enough. When <laughs> I think it's great that she's friends with queer women, but when you surround yourself with queer women, wouldn't the next logical step be that you're queer? <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like that. You're going to. Experiment? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're past that. I think that ship has yeah. sailed. Yeah. She's it seems like she's she says a song about her chosen family. That's such a queer thing. Yeah. That's what it, the the queer you can look into Easter egg, you can look and and not everything's gonna be true, but there's an insurmountable amount of queer signaling in her music. It's everywhere and in the people she surrounds herself. When everything points to one thing, and she sometimes is a giant flag. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it without the L, like. <laughs> uh, whatever you heard is whatever you heard. <laughs> but I really do wonder what's what. What is the purpose of what's happening now? With her splitting up, so much in the recent past yeah with her beard her boyfriend whatever you want to yeah. call it um i think we're gonna need to do to take another episode to go into the pr madness and our thoughts about what's coming up oh absolutely because we could talk about that forever this has been like like this is like catnip for like neurodivergent people like what what is the game? Which we What's the end game, Taylor? Because we both are neurodivergent in, in pretty similar ways. If you couldn't tell by the <laughs> tangents, but, you know, Taylor focused. I'm, well, I think it's fine that we go off on, uh, like, this is oh, a podcast about many, about many things, and, and Taylor's grounding these few episodes that we're doing, few, the, these episodes that we're doing, but I think, you know, it our own life experience is what informs yeah. us to be yeah. obsessed. But this is, that's exactly it too. Like our own life experience. People have been very clear that Gaylorism is so much more than Taylor. Yeah. It, people have found community because regardless of not, like if she is queer or if she ever reveals it, there are queer signals and we're finding them and we're talking about them and we feel seen. Not many things are bigger than Taylor, but I think this is. This this whole concept of Gaylorism, because to have a pop star of her stature, be queer, whether closet or not, I think it would be great if she came out, is very big. Hasn't she come out to us? Well, in our minds. But in terms of neurodivergent, we're both neuro neurodivergent, and we suspect that she is too. And there's a, there's a big cor correlation, or at least um, not necessarily causation, but between queer people and say autism or neurodivergence in general there's so many things so many things to explore about this woman i think we will be <laughs> i think we have to i can't keep this inside anymore no the I, rabbit hole needs to come out i need to i need to climb my way up i think that what happens tonight uh, because the, yeah, that's the what day we're, we're recording this 
we'll talk about it maybe in the next episode or the one after that, but um, about today and the significance of that. Yeah, it is May 13th, 513 in her hometown. And 13 is very big in, in Taylor Swift lore. But uh, we are going to start a new episode. So thank you for listening. Thank you. I'm so glad you could join us on this journey. Most of you are already down here if you're listening. This, this is the first step. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to hear about Taylor You know what's anyway. up. Um, keep listening. Subscribe. Follow on Twitter at ShigGayThat. I know it's a dying app, but we're going we're gonna to keep trying while it's still kicking. All right. Uh, see you next episode. Bye. Love you. Bye-bye.